Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. Last time we read Genesis chapter 5. Now at the end of chapter 5, uh, Lamech had Noah, had uh, fathered Noah. Uh, after Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So that was the end of chapter 5. Now we're ready to read Genesis chapter 6. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Now when it happened, when men began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and desirable, and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose and desired. Now I'm going to stop here for just a moment. There's a note on this. Um, different people look at this and interpret this different ways. And again, not really wanting to get into speculation because it's not hugely important. But um, where they say the sons of God, some people have interpreted that. And I'm just going to mention that here as like being fallen angels, being maybe people possessed by fallen angels, or by being the descendants of Seth, descendants of Adam and Eve and Seth, who called upon the Lord, who would be, you know, I, I believe the interpretation that this is the sons of God, which would be uh, the offspring of Adam and Eve and Seth, would be people who were following the Lord. It would be the sons of God. It would not be, um, it would not be fallen angels and those types of things to my mind. However, Want to want to say again? I know this is a speculative thing, and uh, you know if you have a different belief on that, I, I don't know that it's a huge deal. However, uh, nonetheless, they did have you know they did marry and they did have children. So then the Lord said, "My spirit shall not strive and remain with man forever." Because he is indeed flesh, sinful, corrupt, given over to sensual appetites. Nevertheless, his days shall yet be a hundred and twenty years. So, here we see a time frame set for, for men. Now, is this a time frame set? As, as is mentioned here, there's a little note here. This may refer to the time given to man to repent before the flood or this may refer to kind of a limited lifetime or span of life uh, because I believe there is another mention of span of of changing the actual uh, lifetime the span of life I, I think uh, I think this is more like I'm going to give them this long 120 years to repent and and to save themselves before the flood. Because you'll notice after this we get into Noah's going to build the ark. And it takes it takes a hundred years or so. It takes a while. Um, I don't remember exactly. So we're going we're gonna to read through. There were Nephilim. Now Nephilim is translated in different ways. But it's giants, men of stature, notorious men on the earth in those days. And also afterward. When the sons of God lived with the daughters of men, and they gave birth to their children, 
These were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown, great reputation and fame. Now this could refer to where we get the old mythical heroic figures, you know, such as um, Hercules and can't remember some of the others, and I apologize for that, but right now he's the one that comes to mind. But nonetheless, Hercules, maybe Thor, um, Gilgamesh, uh, some of these old myths and legends may come from old stories of, of mighty things that happened back in these days. Okay, so, now, this doesn't say, let's see, this says there were Nephilim on the earth in those days. Now, and again, this may be due to the fact that they're closer to creation and there was, you know, God's power is there still loose on the land. Um, and that some people were, you know, were especially gifted if they followed God. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, that gets very speculative again. So it's really not important except just a note that the Bible does mention this and it would explain a lot of myths and legends that we've heard of down through the centuries, <clears throat> regardless of how they came about. <clears throat> the Lord saw that the wickedness, depravity of man was great on the earth, and that every imagination or intent of the thoughts of his heart were only continually evil. The Lord regretted that he had made mankind on the earth, and he was deeply grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy, annihilate mankind whom I have created from the surface of the earth, not only man, but the animals and the crawling things and the birds of the air, because it deeply grieves me to see mankind's sin, and I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor and grace in the eyes of the Lord. So you notice he's saying that the whole world is just men are just continually thinking of sin and committing sin and doing sin and there is uh let's see there is a note here about the lord's regret saying that <coughs> saying that um well i think this uh, we we put things like this sometimes we make notes like this it's almost like we making an excuse and I, I don't see the need of it but it just says here this expression of regret and grief does not mean that God acknowledges that man was a mistake on his part just that um, he grieved over the sin because it was appropriate for him to grieve over the sin I, I don't think we need to make excuses or uh, you know worry about how that looks or how that sounds. Uh, the Lord regretted that he made mankind on the earth because mankind became depraved. Just went, you know, deeper and deeper into evil. And, you know, he's like, you know, I need to clean this mess up. You know, I need to fix this. And it's because men had free will. It wasn't because God did anything wrong. So I don't think we need to worry about making an excuse or or uh, trying to somehow imply that, um, oh, it's not God's fault or whatever. It's, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault now in my daily life. You know, we could take a whole lesson just out of this. In my daily life, the choices I make are not God's fault. 
not God's fault at all. It's my fault if I make bad choices. So I just I just don't think we have to worry about that. So these are the records of the generations. Family history of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, one who was just and had right standing with God, blameless in his generation. Now this says in his evil generation, but I, I don't think we necessarily needed to say that. Noah walked, lived in habitual fellowship with God. Now Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The population of the earth was corrupt, absolutely depraved, spiritually and morally putrid in God's sight, and the land was filled with violence, desecration, infringement, outrage, assault, and lust for power. Well, imagine all these people. They're just doing whatever they want, and they're, they are not following God, so they have no guidance. They have no moral guidance. And this, this proves how things would be without God, without that moral guidance uh, from God. If we don't have that higher power, if we don't have that higher example to follow, you know, everything would just be corrupt and evil all the time. We wouldn't know any better. For all humanity had corrupted their way on the earth and lost their true direction. Wait. Let me go back. God looked on the earth and saw how debased and degenerate it was, for all humanity had corrupted their way on the earth and lost their true direction. Our true direction is to be children of God, to follow God. God said to Noah, I intend to make an end of all that lives, for through man the land is filled with violence, and behold, I am about to destroy them together with the land. Now, um, notice here he says, I'm about to destroy them together with the land. So there are great changes going to happen upon the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Now I believe when we say gopher wood, we don't really know what type of wood that is. It is simply a description of a wood that was probably in existence and in abundance at that time. I mean, we don't know which wood it was, though. So, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make in it rooms, stalls, pens, coops, nests, cages, compartments, and coat it inside and out with pitch. And they say bitumen here, I'm not sure what that is. But, similar to pitch, I'm sure. The length, no, this is the way you are to make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Its width, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. So it would be about 450 feet by 75 feet by 45 feet. You shall make a window for light and ventilation for the ark and finish it to at least a cubit 18 inches from the top and set the entry door of the ark in its side, and you shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I, even I, will bring a flood of waters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens in which there is the breath and spirit of life. Everything that is on the land shall die. But I will establish my covenant, solemn promise, formal agreement with you, and you shall come into the ark, 
you and your three sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing found on land, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Now, for those who say that there's just not enough space on the ark for all the different animals, we're not going to bring in two of every type of dog. It wouldn't be necessary. You would just bring two dogs and later upon release and going back into the wild they would then propagate and have all the different wolves, coyotes, dogs, foxes and all that that you would have now. You'd only need two canines. Um, You'd only need two um, same monkeys. They wouldn't necessarily have to be all the different varieties because all the different varieties would come out of those two. Just like the same as people um, we as people we came out of well we came out of Noah's family and uh, before then you can trace us back to Adam but let's just say we all came out of Noah's family really at this point so and we got all the variety of people and some of this happens through natural processes that that God made and designed that animals <clears throat> adapt to their environment God made things you know people may not like the phrase intelligent design but he did make things in a smart way so that animals could adapt to their their environment whether their environment changed or whether they had to move into a new environment from their old environment due to changes all kinds of changes so um, but I'm just getting at for the ark the ark would not have to care would not have to hold or carry two of every individual type of animal but just two of every specific kind there would be a couple of cats a couple of dogs a couple of mice <clears throat> you know uh, a couple of this a couple of that there wouldn't have to be um, like uh, two of every type of dog just two dogs in general two cats in general etc etc so you do that <clears throat> for all the for all the animals and there's not that many different kinds of animals uh, sometimes we think there are but that's because we classify them and separate them down now it also would not need to apply to amphibians or um, or uh, mammals that live in the sea or fish that live in the sea where that's where a great amount of life is is in the sea all those creatures would be fine there would be nothing wrong with them and flooding would not bother them. Uh, as far as plants go, people have said that uh, plants would not survive. But however, we do know that a lot of plants can survive a flood, even a flood that lasts a long time. Trees and different things can live sometimes up over a year or more underwater. It's we've seen it. There, there is, and there is plant life that lives underwater. I mean, and also seeds seeds they're in a little encapsulated thing for a reason seeds survive a lot they survive floods and all kinds of things that happen seeds are tough and sturdy for a reason and so that you're going to get that continued vegetation you're not gonna the flood while it wipes out the animal life is not going to wipe out all the vegetation and it's not going to prevent um, seeds from sprouting and, and bringing back vegetation. But 
<clears throat> all the animal life is going to be wiped out except for what's in, in the ark and all the human life you know and the land is going to be changed now I don't know and I cannot speak to how that change and what that change was uh, some people have talked about the breaking up of the continents and different things very speculative could be possible I just I just don't know I don't really have a a feel for that one way or the other except that God says it's it's gonna change so let me uh, continue on <clears throat> you shall bring two of every kind into the ark with you to keep them alive with you they shall be male and female of fowls and birds according to their kind of animals according to their kind of every crawling thing of the ground according to its kind two of every kind shall come to you to keep them alive also take with you every kind of food that is edible and you shall collect and store it and it shall be food for you and for them so Noah did this according to all that God commanded him that is what he did so also during this time where he's building the ark he's also starting to build up supplies now admittedly you know how your food supplies are you they're going to degrade over time but they had to have ways that they could they could save and uh, and uh, um, stockpile food because as we're going to see this is the this is the end of chapter six but as we're going to see in the subsequent chapters is that they only have to be on the ark for about a year so you can keep and store a lot of food for that and then they do have extra animals that they bring on board too that could also possibly be a part of the uh, the food supplies needed so and that's you know that's the that's the way things work that's the way it is so like I said that is the end of Genesis chapter 6 and this is God telling uh, Noah to prepare the ark and what's going to happen and how the animals are going to come to him and they're going to save those animals and it, it applies to all the little insects and stuff, which they don't take up a lot of space anyway. Insects and that type of thing could easily, you could get two of, of, of every general kind pretty easily onto the ark. I don't think that would, be, that would be a huge problem at all. So your bigger animals, like your, your uh, hippos, rhinos, elephants, I'm not sure if you would need two of each of those kind or if they are similar in some manner and they relate to each other. Um, I'm not aware that they do, so maybe you would need two of each kind. I'm not sure. Um, but you would only need like two snakes. That would do all of the snakes. Though, if snakes are amphibious, I guess you wouldn't need any snakes now that I, meant, now that I think about that. It's like frogs. I don't think you'd have to worry about frogs or any of the amphibious creatures. I think they would survive a flood. Um, so, anyway, that's just thinking out loud. I don't want to get off on a tangent on that. Here, the main idea of this chapter is that, you know, men grew without following God, without... Um, having God as a standard in their lives they grew to evil they just grew to depravity they just slid down the slope into uh, wrongdoing and evil thoughts and and you know uh, you know uh, living in horrible ways so so much so that the only family left the only I mean really the Bible says Noah 
But I, I'm going to say that that encompasses his little family, at least. That they are the only ones. It says Noah found favor and grace in the eyes of the Lord. And uh, maybe that favor and grace extended to his family due to him. Um, so anyway, they were the only ones left. So just these uh, eight people are saved through the flood. So it's something to be aware of and to think about. All right. Again, that is the end of Genesis chapter 6. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.